I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. While the popularity of critical aggregators like Rotten Tomatoes have effectively diminished the influence of any single film critic, it is still possible for a powerful review to tectonically sway general opinion on a movie. However, it is incredibly rare for critics to flat out admit that they were ever wrong about a film. I mean, after all, their opinion is their reputation, but every now and then prominent critics have dared to admit that their original estimation was wrong. I'm Josh from WhatCulture.com and these are 10 times film critics actually change their mind. Number 10, Gene Siskel was convinced by Roger Ebert to thumbs down Broken Arrow. There will never be a film critic duo more iconic than the late great Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. The pair passionately squabbled about each week's new releases on their TV show at the movies, with each man typically digging their heels in and growing ever more defensive over the course of their spirited debate. However, there is a single exception where Ebert managed to convince Siskel to change his mind about a movie. While discussing John Woo's 1996 action film Broken Arrow, Siskel gave it a mildly positive review, though after listening to Ebert complain about it, decided to change his thumbs up to a thumbs down alongside his colleague. Ebert himself hardly hated the film, though considered it a pedestrian and unimaginative action flick, and Siskel ultimately found himself unable to argue otherwise. For the remainder of their tenure together, neither managed to convince the other to change their mind about any other movie, though as you'll see later on, Ebert did sometimes reverse his decision in print. Number 9. Leonard Moulton re-evaluated Alien 25 years later. Leonard Maltin is one of America's most recognizable and respected film critics, though that didn't stop him dropping the ball in a major way when reviewing the original 1979 release of Ridley Scott's Alien. In fact, his review was sharply negative, saying, quote, Space Age horror film reverts to 1950s formula, but adds stomach-churning violence, slime, and shocks. Still, this is some people's idea of a good time. End quote. However, when Ridley Scott re-released the film for its 25th anniversary in 2004, the critic decided to revisit the sci-fi classic and realized that he was maybe wrong the first time around. While he has generally pushed back against those who have challenged his negative reviews for the likes of Taxi Driver and Blade Runner, he did concede that Alien is indeed a great film and gave it a strong endorsement in a new review. Of the change of heart, he said, quote, I'm a wimp, and when it first came out, it scared the hell out of me. I found it too upsetting, so I gave it a review that reflected that. 25 years later, Ridley Scott tweaked it and reissued it theatrically. When I saw it again, I thought it was masterful and I completely changed the review to three and a half stars." End quote. Number 8. Mark Kermode publicly apologized to Steven Spielberg for trashing the masterpiece AI. 
Mark Kermode is perhaps the most notable and prominent British film critic working today, and during an interview with Steven Spielberg for his 2012 film Lincoln, Kermode decided to bury a decade-old hatchet. In a video released shortly before the interview, Kermode explained that he had the opportunity to apologise to Spielberg for his initial negative review of the director's 2001 film, AI Artificial Intelligence. Though Kermode didn't think much of it at the time, he rewatched AI years later and found the film to be not only great, but even went as far as to call it the director director's quote, enduring masterpiece. Which yeah, it's a lofty claim if there ever was one. Of course, Commode was in the luxurious position to be able to personally apologise to the man himself for quote-unquote getting it wrong the first time around, categorically proving that the best and most interesting film critics always keep themselves open to new perspectives. Number 7. Joe Morgenstern published a second review of Bonnie and Clyde, calling his first grossly unfair. There's perhaps no more famous example of a film critic retracting their previous opinion on a film than Joe Morgenstern and Bonnie and Clyde. While working as a critic for Newsweek in the 1960s, Joe published an emphatic pan of the later Oscar-winning crime thriller, flatly dismissing it as a quote, squalid shoot-em-up for the moron trade, end quote. Morgenstern later noted that the press screening was also attended by star Warren Beatty himself, which no doubt made the viewing experience less than pleasant for any critic trying to maintain objective focus. Of that, he said, quote, I don't know if it may be nervous or not, but it certainly was unusual, especially since Warren spent the whole time trying to read my notes." End quote. The whole experience didn't sit well with the critic, however, and he decided to see the film again on general release day with his wife, where he realised he made a mistake, saying, quote, I got it wrong. I was not ready for the violence and kind of shrank from it. End quote. Though Morgenstern's first review was already prepped for print, he was allowed to publish a follow-up piece that called his initial review, quote, grossly unfair and regrettably inaccurate. The turnaround from the critic was fully capitalised upon by Warner Brothers as well, who used it as a ringing endorsement of the film's quality, that it could inspire even a well-minted critic of note to change his opinion. The rest, as they say, is history. Number 6. Roger Ebert replaced his lukewarm Unforgiven review with a rave years later. Roger Ebert has issued tepid reviews or even outright pans to many beloved movies, and one of his all-time most controversial reviews is his lukewarm initial response to Clint Eastwood's 1992 Best Picture winning western masterpiece Unforgiven. Ebert clearly didn't slate the film, nobody is saying that, but he did call it only entertaining in the moment, saying that he found it meandering and its atmosphere shapeless, which Gene Siskel more or less agreed with. Ebert ended up giving it 2.5 out of 4 stars, but when he re-reviewed it a decade later, he gave it a full enthusiastic 4 stars, even adding it to his prestigious great movies list. In a 1996 interview, Ebert confirmed that his original viewing of the film was tainted by a preoccupation with his personal life. He said, quote, I changed my mind on Unforgiven. I gave it only 2.5 stars. I wasn't thinking very well when I reviewed that, end quote. And as for that personal issue that distracted him from fairly assessing the movie, well, that was his upcoming wedding to his future wife, Chaz. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Number five Robbie Cullen reconsidered The Paperboy after panning its camp premiere. One of the most controversial and talked about films that premiered at the 2012 Cannes Film Festival was Lee Daniels' scandalous Zac Efron starring crime drama The Paperboy. Its shamelessly pulpy style massively polarized critics, leading to a particularly passionate damning from the Daily Telegraph's Robbie Collin, who in his Cannes review called it, quote, a transcendently awful romance crime drama. But when the film was finally released in the UK almost a year later, Collin decided to watch it once again and found his tune completely changed. In his new review, he said, quote, as a piece of art, this is all lust, no caution. A heady mirage of sex, swamps, and soul music that wants nothing more than for you to share in the joke. Thank goodness I finally got it. End quote. His two reviews really only amplified the paperboy's divisive nature. To some it's lurid trash, and to others it's a campy joy, and to critics like Colin, it can be one and then the other. Number four, Matt Zoller Seats apologized to Todd Salons for dismissing happiness. Todd Salon's Happiness is one of the most provocative and talked about independent films of the 1990s. It is a savagely dark comedy that dares to cover subjects as bleak as murder, rape, suicide, and pedophilia. Unsurprisingly, such subject matter was tailor-made to polarized critics, enough that the Sundance Film Festival even refused to select it, and though Happiness was still genuinely well-received by the press, many prominent reviewers absolutely panned it. In his review for the New York Press, Matt Zoller-Seats called Happiness, quote, adolescent, and expressed a general disdain for what he perceived to be Salonza's smug storytelling. But after being blown away by Salonza's 2009 film Life During Wartime, which was a loose sequel to Happiness, Seitz felt compelled to revisit the original. A new viewing 12 years after he trashed it confirmed to the critic that his initial estimation was wrong, and thus he said, quote, It was funny, sad, sincere, ugly, tough, weird, occasionally horrifying. You could not watch it and feel nothing. I had no idea why I panned it, end quote. It gets better, though. When Seitz moderated a Q&A with Salonza in 2010, Salons asked him directly about his original review of Happiness. Seitz told the director that he had a quote-unquote allergic reaction to it at the time, first viewing Happiness during one of the happiest periods of his own life, where quote, on some level it threatened him. Number 3. Peter Bradshaw walked back his original negative review of The Devil Wears Prada. Guardian's chief film critic Peter Bradshaw delivered a less-than-flattering two-star review of Meryl Streep's Oscar-nominated 2006 dramedy The Devil Wears Prada, where he praised Streep's performance but didn't have much else nice to say. In an excerpt, he said, quote, I'll be the first to admit I don't get fashion, but to intimate its ephemeral pleasures to the non-believer and non-understander, I think you need a more astringent and detached and funnier movie than this, end quote. However, in 2016, Bradshaw responded to a reader asking if he'd ever changed his mind about a film he reviewed, and he replied that he watched The Devil Wears Prada on TV years after reviewing it and quote-unquote really enjoyed it. Number two, Lou Luminick admitted he was wrong about Raiders of the Lost Ark 30 years later. 
Years before he became the chief film critic for the New York Post, Lou Luminick wrote for the New York Jersey newspaper The Record, and after just two months working as a professional film reviewer, found himself beating down what would become one of the most beloved blockbusters of all time. In 1981, the critic issued a lukewarm review to Spielberg's Raiders of the Lost Ark, calling it, quote, a very entertaining junk food movie that will be forgotten long before Spielberg or George Lucas's previous work. Raiders is almost totally derivative, a technically proficient but empty-headed homage to movie serials of the 1930s and 1940s that has absolutely nothing of its own to say, end quote. He also called the premise deliberately hokey, the dialogue corny, the humour ham-fisted, Harrison Ford hardly memorable, and complained about Spielberg's excess as a director. As reviews at that aged like milk ago, it is tough to beat this one admittedly, though 30 years later, the critic expressed regress over dissing the film, and in a spot of good humour, even republished his original review, which otherwise isn't available online. Number 1. Roger Ebert reviewed a new cut of The Brown Bunny and settled his feud with director Vincent Gallo. Given that Roger Ebert is, and probably forever will be, the world's most iconic film critic, it is fair that he gets a second entry on this list. Considering his fascinating history with Vincent Gallo's 2003 experimental drama The Brown Bunny as well, it's certainly a spot well earned. See, the director's film premiered at the 2003 Cannes Film Festival, where it caught immediate ire from critics and audiences alike for its unconventional style and particularly an unsimulated oral sex scene. Upon leaving the Cannes press screening, Ebert told a waiting TV crew that the Brown Bunny was, quote, the worst film in the history of the festival, which ignited a feud between himself and the director, with the latter hurling some pretty harsh insults the critics win. The squabbling continued, of course, but Ebert re-reviewed the film when a new cut premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival later that year, with almost 30 minutes chopped off the original runtime. Shockingly, Ebert posted a 3 out of 4 star review of the new cut, saying, quote, Gallo went back into the editing room and cut 26 minutes of his 118-minute film. Oh, almost a fourth of the running time, and in the process, he transformed it. It is said that editing is the soul of cinema, and in the case of The Brown Bunny, it is its salvation." End quote. Speaking in 2018 though, five years after Ebert's death, Gallo claimed he was left unsatisfied by Ebert's turnaround, deeming it, quote, "...both far-fetched and an outright lie." Still, for a critic to change their stance so drastically is nothing if not a testament to the power of editing. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.